Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. A Super Sunday get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Thanks for tuning in part-time. No, most people are watching the game, but those of you who are listening, thank you very much. We're doing a little different today, trying to point out a couple of teams that want to get to where the Bengals and the Rams are and also talk about the markets in which they play. Jody Mac coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. We rock it down to the nation's capital to bring in a good bud. He is uh, host on... Uh, 106.7 The Fan on D.C. with his partner, Danny. You can also catch him on Sirius XM's MLB Network Radio. Grant Paulson, good enough to give me a couple of minutes on Super Sunday. GP, how you be? I am good, Jody Mack. How you been? Good. Appreciate it greatly. Uh, hope you enjoyed the game today. All right. Um, the, com- the Commanders, we might as well start there. Give me Grant Paulson's opinion on the new name of the football team in town. And on your show, the fans' opinion as to did they like the process? Did they like the uh, eventual naming? Are they going to be the commanders for the next 100 years or the next 10 years? Or is something going to happen with the uh, – will they be the ever-changing football-named uh, nation's capital team? <laughs> well, I, I'll start with the reaction of the fan base because that's easier. As you'd imagine, Jody, it hadn't been all that positive. Uh, that's what happens when you make a change in 2022, right? We knew in this social media, what I call the Twitter era, everyone was going to hate it. Everybody hates everything, and everyone's going to be negative. But there have been a few people that like it that kind of had already made peace with it because it had, for the most part, been the most speculated name, and it leaked for a few weeks that it was more than likely going to be commanders. I think it would have been a big upset, big surprise in terms of the odds had it have been anything else. Now, having said that, you know, my reaction has always kind of been no matter what it was, it was going to be really weird initially. I wasn't going to feel natural saying it. I still have to pause for a beat and mm-hmm. think about it before I say commanders, and that's going to be the case for a year or two or more. I say that only to say, though, it didn't matter what the name was going to be. Uh, it's fairly irrelevant to me in the sense that uh, if they win, people are going to like it. If they lose, people are going to be mad about it. And 10 years, we're going to wake up and we're going to realize that this is just what the name is and no one's going to miss Redskins or Washington football team or anything else. I always make the case, Jody, if you think about any team name long enough, they're all kind of weird. You know what I mean? Like, what was the word Packers before Green Bay? What what about, you know, what is intimidating about the Dolphins in Miami or something? So it's just going to take time. That's how it was, I thought, when the Indians went to the Guardians. It's how I thought about this when the football team went to the commanders. My gripes were about the process that got us here and kind of the reveal itself. I wanted them to do something bigger than going on the Today Show, which I thought was a really random decision because most local people don't care about that show. And they just had (laughs) Doug Williams as one of their legends sitting in a folding chair at midfield at FedEx Field 
say, we're the commanders. I wanted fireworks or a flyover or something cool. Uh, so those are more where my complaints are in line. But the name itself, whatever, we'll get used to it eventually. <laughs> it's, they didn't want to change the name. A, a lot of people with the fan base, believe it or not, didn't want to change the name, and, and they had to. And uh, for obvious reasons, they did. Uh, I think we agree that it needed to happen, and, and here we are. So that's the name, and people eventually will, will get used to it. I actually think it's okay. I know I was in a minority there, but uh, if you make the decision, you got to change it. You got to come up with something. I actually think Commanders in DC is not a bad name. What do you think of the uniforms? Only tinkering a little bit, keeping the colors certainly, which you knew was going to be a given. You like the design of the new uniforms? I mostly do. Yeah, uh, fresh coat of paint, as I've been saying. You know what's interesting is they said for about two years they were not going to change. The colors. This has been a 19-month process. They did it the opposite of how the Guardians did it, where one day they just kind of put a video out with Tom Hanks narrating, and they had changed their name when nobody really saw it coming. Uh, the Washington football organization did it different, where they announced almost two years ago they were going to change the name, and they, they've gotten a lot of feedback and done all kinds of things. But the one thing that was a constant was they said they wouldn't change any of the colors, and they kind of did. As you said, they tweaked some things. Uh, the third alternate jersey, which is all black, is new. They've never done that. I think that's going to look really cool at night. Could be like a badass look in prime time. Um, very, very different than anything they've had. And from what I've been told, I think a lot of teams in the NFL are going to be introducing all black third alternates in the next couple of years. I think that's a thing the league might be in on as well. Uh, so that didn't surprise me. That That's different. That's cool. What was strange was that the burgundy jersey they'll wear at home it's very similar to their old jersey. It's a slightly different shade. It looks a little bit more like USC, like a lighter color than the old darker burgundy of, of Washington's protein. Having said that, the white jerseys, if you look at them, they're almost like a red. They say it's still burgundy. They say they didn't change the color. Well, then our eyes are all lying to us. Uh, you know, it's done in this weird way where it's like a it's like diamondback snakeskin or something. But the way of the, the numbers with holes in them, almost like a mesh, makes it look like a a red, almost uh, like South Carolina or something. So it's, it is odd. That, that jersey has not been well-received because it's so different, which may not have been the case if they didn't say they weren't changing the colors. But everyone said, okay, well, they're sticking burgundy and gold, and you've basically got three different colored jerseys because the white with the red numbers looks just different than the traditional burgundy. It, it really does look more red, which they've never worn. All right, so they got a new name and a new uniform, but they still got the same old problems uh, with Dan Snyder's issues ongoing and uh, changing, it seems, by the every couple of months, something else breaks, some other uh, lawsuit gets filed. It's been an ongoing process and mess down there in D.C. Does it affect the team on a day-in, day-out basis? And I surely understand in-season is different than off-season, and we're in the off-season now, but... Is this just something that never goes away and makes everyone else's job while still working for the new Commodore organization that much more difficult? So it's a good question. In the offseason, I think it's largely a non-factor from a football standpoint. In season, I do think that eventually enough of these storylines become distractions and guys get tired of being asked about them, and it can influence and affect how they go about handling the media. You know, when it used to be that when I was on the beat and you'd be in the locker room, maybe guys stay out of the locker room because they know they're going to be asked about things that they have nothing to do with. Or now maybe they're just less available on the phone or whatever it is. Um, but specific to the offseason, I think it's kind of business as usual. What's fascinating this time, just for your national audience, is 
I mean, Snyder's been under fire for many years, and there have been different allegations about the organization now. For well over a year, over 40 women came forward pretty bravely and told their story about their time working for the team in the toxic workplace. And the NFL did an investigation and essentially kind of buried the results we never saw. Uh, but he got fined $10 million. Well, now there's this new allegation where an employee named Tiffany Johnston has come forward, and she has said that Dan Snyder actually inappropriately touched her. I mean, and this is an, an allegation directly against Snyder, which is not what has been happening previously. It's always kind of been things underneath of him in the building. So I say all that to say that there's some thought that maybe this time could be different, that, that this time could actually lead to him getting in some big trouble. All right, one more question, and then we move on to the field, I promise. Um, his wife has taken over running the franchise. He can't. He's suspended, but his wife can and does. How difficult is her job? Because I'm sure there are fans out there, female, who think, why is she doing this? She, we know what kind of guy this is, and she's just going to run the franchise in his stead? I'm sure there are some people who believe, no, we can't have a woman wanting the franchise. Get me another man in place, the misogynistic fans out there. I, I got to believe she's in one of the toughest spots in the National Football League. How is she handling it? How is she being perceived down there? Yeah, honestly, she's not uh, visible enough that it's a factor or a storyline very often. I mean, okay. that is what technically has happened, to be honest with you, is that Snyder has quote-unquote stepped aside, and he has appointed her as his CEO of sorts, uh, and she's kind of running the day-to-day. -day. That That's what they say. I mean, look, you're talking about a married couple. They, they talk at dinner. Like, I think Dan <laughs> Snyder is heavily involved. I don't think much has changed. To be honest, I think it's, if anything, it's about optics or visibility of not wanting him around, both from the league standpoint and from his standpoint, because of the investigation ongoing. I'll say that she is much more capable from a, a, just a, a personable standpoint, people skills, you know, having had conversations in limited capacities with both of them over the years. I mean, when you talk to Dan Snyder, it, it, it's always awkward and, and kind of uncomfortable. When you talk to her, it's, it's like you're talking to a normal person who's down to earth and, and very humble. So I think the more she's front and center and the more she's around, probably the better for the organization. But it's not one of those things, honestly, that registers for fans or they care a whole lot about. Neither of them talk to the media. Neither of them take questions. It, when you see them, it's at some type of charitable function or event. So it's mostly a non-factor around here. Grant Paulson uh, from 1067, the fan down in D.C., our guest here on CBS Sports Radio on Super Sunday. All right, on to the field. We are just one year removed from the Washington football team being a divisional champion. Granted, it might have been the worst division in the history of the National Football League, and they won it at under 500, but they were divisional champions, so I think you have to look at this year as a step backwards. Start there. Agree or disagree? Was this year a step backwards? Oh, wholeheartedly agree. There's no doubt about it. I mean, they kicked the quarterback can down the road a year, said they were going to go for Ryan Fitzpatrick on a one-year contract. He threw six passes and got hurt. They spent the entire season with a backup at Taylor Heineke as their starter, who I think proved that he's not a franchise quarterback or a number one QB. So they're in the same spot this offseason they were in last offseason, which is desperate for a starting quarterback of the future. It's a worse offseason to go get a quarterback. And on top of that, they are coming off of a worse season, to your point. Last year they were 7-9, and nine, but at least you could 
sugarcoat that with the fact that you won a bad division. This year you were 7-10. and 10. Two teams in your division made the playoffs, and you weren't one of them. So unequivocally a massive step back for Ron Rivera's bunch in his second season. He now goes into year three here in D.C. with two losing seasons under his belt and a ton of pressure. And that pressure begins, Jody Mack, right now with finding a quarterback. And, and I want to ask you about that, but first things first, uh, before looking forward, looking back, what the hell happened to the defense? They made the playoffs via a very young and improving defense. That's how they got there. The quarterback play wasn't that good, but sure enough, they make the playoffs on the back of their defense. Their defense just stone cold went backwards this year. Why and how? It's a great question. So uh, the, the easiest answer is their defense, in my opinion, was a bit overrated last year, and that wasn't okay. quite authentic. If you look at who they played and who they beat and who they got fat against last year, they played a lot of backup quarterbacks. Joe Burrow had them on the, the verge of you know just being destroyed and having a bad game. He got hurt. He tore his ACL against Washington, and then they played against uh, Ryan Finley. Uh, if you go back to the San Francisco game, they played Mullins, not Garoppolo. They played the Cowboys twice, didn't play Dak. They played Ben DiNucci and sacked him seven times. They played Andy Dalton at one point. Uh, if you look at the Pittsburgh game, when they played Roethlisberger and the Steelers, it was when Pittsburgh was on short rest after they played on a, a Tuesday or a Wednesday because of COVID and then had to follow up you know, with less rest than normal against a rested Washington team. Uh, they played a neutral site game because the 49ers had – a bad air quality. Like there were just a bunch of fortuitous things that happened in their wins. You know, they were in week 17 playing for the division title. They were going to get beat by the Eagles. People forget. And the Eagles benched Jalen Hurts when he was having a field day against them in primetime last year to go to Nate Sudfeld to help their draft positioning. So it was really a house of cards season for their defense, in my opinion. And it just wasn't authentic. That having been said, the biggest issues were, at defensive end, they drafted Chase Young number two overall to be a superstar. As a rookie, he was really good, and he deserved the Defensive Rookie of the Year award. This year, he was a huge disappointment. For half the season, he had a sack and a half, and then he tore his ACL and missed the rest of the season. So when your best players, and make no mistake about it, he's one of them, don't play at the level you need, you're going to regress, and, and that's what happened on defense for them. 2019 uh, Washington football team sounds a lot like the 2020 Eagles beat up on backup quarterbacks and bad quarterbacks, had some issues and problems when they were facing real quarterbacks in the league. All right, so what are they going to do at quarterback? Uh, Taylor Heineke again? The Fitzpatrick thing was kind of unfortunate, but it uh, wasn't going to lift you high heights anyway. Um, you and I have our opinions about this year's quarterback uh, class as far as draft goes, and there may be some franchise quarterbacks that become available via trade. What is Washington? Who's going to be the opening day quarterback for the now Commodores, or excuse me, Commanders next season? So if I had to guess, I would put my money on a veteran, not a drafted rookie. And I would say that they're going to miss out on the top tier of guys. So I don't think Rodgers would come to Washington. I don't see them landing Russell Wilson. I don't think they'd even be allowed, frankly, from the league standpoint, to go after Deshaun Watson based on their recent past in terms of their toxic work, workplace and the findings of that investigation that I mentioned earlier, which brings me to, okay, well, then where do you go for your veteran? So I'm thinking it's someone in that tier of Jimmy Garoppolo. It could be, you know, if Carson Wentz, there's a report from Chris Mortensen today, you know, yeah. could be or should be traded by the Colts. I think it could be somebody like that. You know, they'll overturn every stone, Jody Mack. If Kyler Murray's on the market, they're going to try to trade ones for Kyler Murray. 
They could absolutely be the team to land a stud like that. Uh, but I think it's more likely that they're in the Garoppolo-Wentz tier, that bucket. That's not what I would do for the record. I would do something very different. But I think they want to make a splash with their new name. I think they want to make a splash because Ron Rivera feels pressure after two losing seasons to get it right and to win nine or ten games this year. And I think they'll take the shortcut of an upgraded QB, uh, a la going from Goff to Stafford, and kind of figure the rest out later. All right. You said that uh, not what you would do if you were the general manager of the commanders. What would you do? Well, first things first is I would move mountains in a way that I don't think they're willing to to go try to get one of the better quarterbacks that I said they won't. You know, Ron Rivera is just not a proponent of, quote, unquote, mortgaging your future, trading a bunch of draft picks to upgrade. And I would be willing to do that. I would trade what it took to get Aaron Rodgers. I would win a bidding war for Russell Wilson. I think the quarterback position is that important. Uh, But let's say that I can't. Let's just say realistically that's not on the table. I would not get a little bit or marginally better with a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, who in my opinion has been a passenger in San Francisco, or Carson Wentz, who came up short for the Colts. I wouldn't take that shortcut. I would then draft a quarterback at number 11 or even move up a couple picks if I need to to get a guy that I like the most, whoever that might be. And I would draft that player in round one, and I would handcuff them with whoever the best free agent that I'm going to bring in for my offense is. You know, not guys that I like necessarily, but let's just say it's a Mitch Trubisky or something like that. And I'm I'm very cheaply having that guy as my QB, too. He could start for a few weeks if need be at the beginning of the year. And then I'm turning things over to Malik Willis or – uh, Pickett, Kenny Pickett, or, or Matt Corral, whoever I drafted. But I'm gotcha. I'm not going to be paying $30 million and extending a Garoppolo or $25 million or something and extending a Wentz you know, just to try to get closer to 500 So you're specifically off Heineke. He doesn't factor in at all for you. Uh, Heineke's a backup, you know, and, and I think a guy like, uh, just naming a couple of the, the veterans I just did, like a, a Trubisky is a, a better version of him, in my opinion. Um, Heineke was fine at times, and I really like watching him play. He's got some Brett Favre to him. He has a blast playing, and I think he gives you everything he's got. There's a lot to like about his story. I mean, he was calling Washington for a coaching job in the offseason, and a few months later was signed just to be a COVID fourth quarterback. And next thing you know, he's starting in a playoff game and played an unbelievable game against the Bucks and Tom Brady. So I root for the guy in his career, but – I, he's short on arm strength. He's, he's just not an NFL starter, and I think the more games he plays, the more he got exposed for that this year. So, yeah, it, he wouldn't be in the conversation to start games for me this year. Fair enough. Grant Paulson here with us on uh, CBS Sports Radio. All right. Uh, Going to be a couple of years before the Commanders make a Super Bowl run. Uh, but how about your other teams down there in D.C.? Not that far removed with either the Caps or the Nationals. Um, but the Nationals, to me, right now, their roster, and I know Major League Baseball is in an uproar, and are we even going to get a 162-game season in? And you and I could do 20 minutes on that. Uh, but out of the Nationals, the Caps, and the Wiz, is it a given that the Caps are the closest that might get your parade down there in D.C.? Of those choices, I think it's got to be, just because the other two teams by default are just nowhere near you know, being in that conversation. The Nationals, compared to when they won the, the World Series in 19, have completely taken a step back. They obviously blew it up last year when they traded Scherzer and Trey Turner to the Dodgers. Obviously, Scherzer's now in the division with the New York Mets as he's trying to hammer out a deal leading the players 
association against the owners right now. But it looks to me, just based on the first half of the offseason that we saw before the lockout started, they have no plans on being aggressive and spending a lot of money. And if that's the case, you look at the second half of last year, I mean, they were going to be in a, a rebuilding phase for at least a year. Now, I'd be real leery if I was them about continuing that for beyond this season because you got to start convincing Juan Soto that he wants to stay and be here and that you can contend. But it seems like that's at least their plan for 2022 is, is to you know see where they're at with their internal talent that they brought in at the trade deadline and making the uh, eight moves that they did and bringing in 11 or 12 pieces, mostly of the guys that came back are, are high-level minor leaguers that can help out a little bit at the big leagues at some point this year. But I would say the order would be after the Capitals, maybe the Nats just because they have such a great player in Soto, and then the Wizards. The Wizards are a bit of a mess right now, Jody Mack. <laughs> they, they made a nice deal at the deadline to get rid of two bad contracts and bring in kind of one bad contract with Christoph Porzingis. But they haven't won 50 games in my entire lifetime. I'm 33, and, and, and they don't look like they're – Flirting was doing that anytime in the near future. So that was going to be my next question, which will be my final question. Tip off 2022-23 season, is Bradley Beal going to be a wizard? I believe he will be. I think their owner, Ted Leonsis, loves Bradley Beal and wants Bradley Beal here. And I think that's why he'll be here. I don't think Beal is going to go to them and demand a trade. Now, I will tell you, and this might surprise you, that the majority, I would say now, of the fan base or close to it would probably prefer that they moved Beal and started over and kind of blew the whole thing up and you know just gave themselves as, as much wiggle room and as many assets and dollars to spend as possible. But I think what's going to happen is, particularly after adding Porzingis, I think they'll use their high draft pick in the top eight or nine, perhaps, if things trend the way they look like they're going to on a point guard. They'll pair that pass first, kind of distributing point guard, with Beal, who's handled the ball a little bit too much this year and gotten exposed in that way, averaging about three-and-a-half turnovers. Uh, they'll have him at the two. And then Kyle Kuzma has been a revelation and been really good for them. He's part of a group with Kristaps Porzingis. They bring back and feel like that could be a playoff team in the East next year. That's kind of the plan. Again, I might do it a little differently, but I believe if you're asking me to put a couple bucks down at the window today, Beal is here as part Beal of that group, that right. core. I would uh, love to discuss how to rebuild the Wizards, but you and I have already talked long enough. I want to let you get back to the game. Enjoy it. Uh, I hope the uh, youngins, or at least the older of your two youngins, both being very young, understands what the heck's going on on the TV when she's watching tonight. <laughs> GP, always a pleasure, my friend. I'll get you back on in a couple of weeks, and we'll talk about are we going to have a baseball season or not. That sounds good. Her pick, by the way, she's, uh, she's two. She likes the Bengals. She said, "Nice." That's the, that she ch- I don't know why, but I'm a, I'm all Rams. Dad's going to lose some money if she's right. So okay, I hope she's wrong. Well, the, the Uncle Jody's going to win some money because I'm on the Bengals. So <laughs> tell her that. Grant, thanks, buddy. Always appreciate it, bud. See you, buddy. Grant Paulson here with us on CBS Portray. All right, Jody Mack coming back. Uh, I'll give you the breakdown of what's going on in the game as we're here. Uh, I'll give you some insights, and I'll probably throw an opinion or two your way about what has already gone down. I want yours, too. If you want to hop on my phone lines, oh, I can guarantee you, they're pretty damn available while the Super Bowl is ongoing. 855-212-4227. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 